Hi, I'm Jen. I'm a homeschool mom of three boys and a master gardener. Hi, I'm Jack. I am nine years old and I like gardening. And we are here to talk about all our gardening interests and to answer some questions. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Jen. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit more for the grown-ups. It's not really going to be very well enjoyed by the littles. So um, just wanted to let y'all know that. Uh, recently, I was asked to speak at the Shoals Homeschool Expo. And so I thought some of the grown-ups might enjoy a recording of my speech. Um, but it, it's going to be kind of boring for the littles. So I just wanted you guys to have a heads up on that. Thanks. Hi, uh, I'm here to talk to you today. As you can see, the title of my presentation is Repackaging Education for the Modern Learner. Um, I'm, my name is Jenny Sugg. I am here today to speak to you from our Growing Gardeners podcast. Um, so a little bit about me. I am the great-granddaughter of sharecroppers, so gardening truly is in my blood. One of my favorite stories that my grandmother tells is about Dave the mule. She says that her daddy had a plow mule that he could steer just by speaking to him. But of course, inevitably, Dave died. So she, she told me this is before the county would come out and would bury the large animals for you. Some of you may know that they do that now. Um, but this was before that time. And so they had no way to bury Dave the mule. So they just put him somewhere out of the way. So she's telling me the story and she says that she and her little brother would walk to church. And so the, the, the road had like a little curve in it. And uh, she and her brother had like a little shortcut path that would kind of cut off the curve and they would take that path on Sundays. And so she's telling me the story and she says, and wouldn't you know it, that's where they put Dave. So I'm dying laughing. And then she goes, there just weren't as many buzzards as there are now. So that's a little funny story um, about my sharecropper great-grandparents and grandmother. Uh, so my family have always been gardeners, but I was never incredibly interested until I had my own children. I used to say, some of you, you get where I'm coming from, I used to say that uh, if it didn't scream at me, then it wouldn't get fed or watered. It just wasn't going to make it. But then my son, uh, he's four years old, and he brings home a sweet little uh, gar geranium for my Mother's Day gift. And I'm determined to keep this plant alive. Spoiler alert, it died. But I managed to keep it alive for two years. And in the process, my love of plants was ignited. Uh, so I had known about the Master Gardener program for a little while. Uh, but the program was placed online for the first time in 2020. And so, um, as you all know, I jumped at the chance to, um, to be a part of that. Uh, to enroll in the Master Gardener program. So as the mother of littles, I couldn't be going to classes five days a week, but I could attend the class online. So I became a garden Master Gardener with Morgan County Master Gardeners in January of 2021, and I became their public relations chair in this January of 2023. So I have up on the slide a little bit about how you can join the Master Gardeners if you're interested. Um, so... A little bit about my podcast, uh, our podcast, uh, the Growing Gardeners podcast. 
um, is something that my kids and I developed. Uh, we moved closer to my husband's work, and so that meant that some of our activities and our school opportunities would be a little bit further away for, for us. So we spend a good amount of time in the car. Uh, I enjoy listening to podcasts, and I really enjoy it when we can listen together. So it was only natural that I look for podcasts about gardening to enjoy with my kids. Because I'm interested in gardening, they have grown more and more interested also. But, I can't believe this, but I could not find a podcast that seemed appropriate for kids. Either the information was too technical and complicated, or the humorous ones had language that I didn't want them listening to. So I was really, really kind of shocked that I couldn't find anything. Um, I did find several podcasts that I enjoy, so I've got them up here for you if you want to write those down that you can listen to later. Those are parent podcasts, um, and I really enjoy those. Uh, but none of these uh, were something that I felt the kids could enjoy. And if you know of one, please see me after and let me know because I would love to know about this. Um, so on a whim, to be honest, I decided that the kids and I would start a podcast by kids for kids of our own. So, um, but sometimes those sorts of whims that come from your gut you later kind of realized that it was something you instinctively knew was a good idea because it was based on the homeschooling and parenting principles you've already adopted. So um, if you're here, let me talk a little bit about how my podcast kind of relates to homeschooling. So if you're here, you probably already know everything I'm about to say. You have chosen or are interested in homeschooling for a reason, and ultimately, that reason is because public school was not right for your family, didn't seem like the right choice. So as homeschoolers, we all know we have certain advantages. The choice to homeschool is not copying public school, right? But to create an education that fits our students and their individuality. The goal, as I see it, is to integrate learning while doing something that engages the student, plus has feedback that is indicative of real life. It's essentially, repackaged education. So in their book, The Whole Brain Child, doctors Siegel and Bryson state that the whole point to their methodology is to remain aware of the daily opportunities to nurture your kid's development. I think this describes my homeschooling and my parenting principles pretty well. Uh, we want well-rounded children. One of the best ways to do this is to follow the child's lead. Our goal is not to stuff them full of facts, but to create lifelong learners who will follow their own interests. Just because something doesn't look like the traditional model of education does not mean it's not education. But we do have to admit that the picture of what education is has changed for all of us, homeschooled or not. We all know it's 2023. Learning itself has undergone a transformation. In their book, Born Digital, John Palfrey and Urs Gasser affirm that educators need to accept that the mode of learning is changing rapidly in a digital age. Before answering how to use technology in schools, we have to understand these changes. They also state that digital natives, I liked that term, digital natives, digital natives often access much more information about a topic that they are interested in than kids of previous generations ever could have. Think about it. They are often engaged more with the subject by writing a post, a blog, or sharing and discussing the topic. 
Current students are obtaining information in a multi-step information gathering process, which involves grazing a topic, a deep dive into the topic, and a feedback loop where they engage with what they have learned. For example, our son Jack is really interested in knot tying. Square knot, bowline knot, alpine butterfly knot, taut line hitch, if you know, you know. So um, his dad was interested, and so Jack watched him practicing knots and tried out a few. Y'all, then he spent the next days and weeks reading books about knots, watching YouTube videos about knots, and soaking up everything he could about knots. I don't get it, but he was interested. So a few weeks later, our book club met to discuss the book we've been reading, My Side of the Mountain. So we bought each kid some rope, and Jack was able to teach them some of the knots he had learned. This is totally different from the information gathering process you and I have used. If we, if, if, that's a big if, we had ever discovered an interest in such things as knots, we'd have had to physically go to a library, check out books, and read them. Or maybe find a knot tying club. Is there a knot tying club? I don't know. And go to a few meetings. Or maybe, I don't know, become Boy Scout and wait till the knot tying unit was introduced. Who knows if there would have been an outlet to solidify his fluency in the skill by teaching others what we had learned. You see my point. We learned much more slowly. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was natural for the world we lived in. But our kids are from a different world. This can be a little bit hard for us as parents to swallow. Jordan Shapiro, in his book, The New Childhood, points out that grown-ups are easily seduced by the nostalgic fantasy of a childhood that mirrors the one we remember. He cites the successes of Star Wars, Legos, and now Barbie as being driven by us as parents wanting to interest our children in the things that we enjoy. This is totally normal. Even Socrates disliked the newest technology to him, the written language. Socrates was one of written language's largest critics and believed that information should only be handed down by word of mouth. Fortunately and clearly, Aristotle, his student, disagreed. Aristotle believed that the disconnect believed that the connection between consciousness, hands, and technology was what distinguished humans from the rest of nature. Our hands and their relationship to creative toolmaking, creativity, still hold primary status in our imagination. What's my point? My point here is that our children need to have success. My point here is that what our children need to have successful futures is flexibility, adaptability, and creativity. These are the advantages that we are able to give our homeschooled students. We value the wisdom and ingenuity of the past and the ideas that need to be passed down from one generation to the next. But here's where we as teachers need to adapt. Vannevar Bush knew that information technologies are only useful to the extent that they ensure that knowledge evolves and endures throughout the life of a race rather than that of a race rather than that of an individual. Essentially, this means that while the information we strive to pass on may not have changed, perhaps the way we pass on the information should adapt also. We can all agree that information, that communication has changed, right? Flip phone, anybody? We saw landline phones go the way of the dinosaur. We only find encyclopedias in antique stores or our grandmother's bookshelves, unless we collect those things. But still, it's an antique. Hey, how'd you get here? 
Anybody use a map like from paper? Paper? Because I use Google. Uh, my husband and I were recently shocked because we went to a barber shop that only accepts cash. Who carries cash anymore? I mean, the Amish do, but we know how they feel about technology. Now, don't get me wrong. The written essay still has value in certain settings. They are still published in peer journals and op-ed pieces, but other settings like this one with the PowerPoint require more modern technologically capable skills. I went on some job interviews recently. Two separate job interviews asked me, one, if I was fluent in email, and the second one, how literate are you with Facebook? It was kind of striking to be asked those questions because the answer to both, of course, was very, but that kind of lets you know what the job market is looking for. So, in addition to blog posts and YouTube videos, let me offer the thought that podcasts are the modern essay. So this is where I come back to that whole, that whole brain child idea. Jordan Shapiro, whose book, The New Childhood, I really recommend for the current parents, says this, Math, physics, biology, and chemistry serve the same fundamental purpose as history, poetry, mythology, and literature. Each is a language that humans use to articulate the experiences we've had and to designate the possibilities we can imagine. As we have recorded each of our podcast episodes, we have brought in science in the way of taxonomy, biology, and chemistry. We discussed plant families with tomatoes and chemical composition of peppers and the Latin names of plants, geography, where each plant comes from. We talked about history, how the plants that we talk about were used historically and how they affected significant points in history. We talked about sociology. What meaning did the plants have to a society? We brought in mythology. Several, several plants are mentioned in Roman, Greek, and Native American mythology, as well as several others that we've not yet touched on. Poetry. Many, many poets enjoy writing about nature, so that's been a pretty easy way to add that layer to our discussion. In our podcast, we've talked about literature. The kids are doing some summer reading, so some of our podcasts have been based, based off of that. We have exercised public speaking. Even though we're, we are recording privately, learning to speak and get their thoughts out smoothly is a skill they don't even realize they're practicing. And then even essay composition was involved. Each episode requires a little bit of research. So Jack has helped me with some of that and particularly in detailing the information that he would like to discover about a plant. In addition, our shorter episodes are Cullen, Cullen's Questions episodes where, in the interest of following the child's lead, Cullen and I sit down and record a conversation cold with little to no prep work. Some of our most thoughtful questions have come out of the head of a seven-year-old, such as, do poisonous plants make the plant next to them poisonous? That's definitely a question I would never have thought to answer if, if I had never given him the opportunity to ask whatever his fascinating brain desires. Dr. Siegel and Bryson add, whole brain parents become enthusiastic about sharing what they know with other parents as well as with teachers and caregivers who can work as a team to promote health and well-being in their children. As we are going along this homeschool journey, I think we would all agree 
We want to broaden our children's horizons and allow them as many opportunities for experiences that will give them the fullest education possible. And I will also add that we should allow them to express these experiences in as many modern formats as possible. So you might have asked when I began, why a podcast? This is the answer I knew in my gut when I followed my whim that day. There are limits to what I want to allow. My kids have been asking for ages, maybe yours are as also, if they can start their own YouTube channel. That's great for those who have, but for me, I felt that a video channel would be too much work for me as far as editing and content and all of that is concerned. Um, and I was afraid that there would be too much visual visibility and not enough parental control for my comfort. A podcast, on the other hand, allows them to express themselves and their thoughts while still eliminating my concerns about a YouTube channel. The podcast also helps them in developing marketable skills. A friend who recently received her degree in English uh, tells me that her classes had coding websites, making YouTube videos, designing Adobe Spark pages. One of the fastest growing fields at UAB is the professional writing department, which includes how to develop digital information because this is how a lot of people are seeking information now. And a gardening podcast was another aspect of that gut feeling I had when we started. Because this is the age of information, so much of our lives is digital. Yet, because our subject is gardening, the subject grounds us in our earth while still exploring the digital and allows us to balance the relationship between humanity and the environment rather than exploiting the environment. In each episode, we get to relish in the creation of the creator and his gifts to us. Our digital assets are not going away, but our earth has always been. In addition, we're tying in so many learning disciplines into a more engaging whole learning experience. As I said earlier, during our episodes, we've brought in science, Latin, geography, history, sociology, mythology, poetry, literature, public speaking, and essay composition. All of this is happening, all while my kids think that we are just having a fun conversation with mom about plants for our friends to listen to and enjoy. We get constructive feedback on our episodes, just as a traditional teacher would give on a book report. One of our comments has been to keep the episodes around 15 minutes, which has been a challenge, but was, was very helpful feedback. And it's my hope that as we continue, the podcast will become even more their own and express more of their thoughts and experiences. For example, the other day, Jack saw gourds growing in the garden and went on his own to find out how to dry them out and use them in projects. So that was our latest episode and it was driven entirely by Jack. So we've come full circle. The past, my past, the information that my sharecropper grandparents knew is full of information. Your past is full of information. Not the same information that's second nature to me, like where not to put Dave, but we all carry information that needs passing on from this generation to the next. But the community that we knew isn't the same community that our kids have. Our children now have a broader virtual community to send and receive that information through. We don't need to forsake all of the values of our past, but we do need to be prepared to follow their lead in engaging with and dispersing that information. Greg Bear in Ted Dentersmith's book, What School Could Be, acknowledged that the goal in educating 
is that if a kid is lit up by an experience, build on it. He later remarked, I will have failed my own kids horribly if they have a school experience just like mine. I have to agree. And that's a sobering thought. I want to give my kids more. The last line of Dinder Smith's book is, there are amazing classrooms all across America, but they're not easy to find yet. What a relief that we don't have to find those classrooms. We're homeschoolers. We are the classroom. Thanks for listening to our episode. Email us at growing3gardeners at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at Growing Gardeners Podcast. Happy planting! Thank you.